everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. This is episode 179. I'm Art Regner, and as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. Whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, it's always a good way to end your day with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings, and we do ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. Let's bring in our guest, no stranger to the Red and White Authority, uh, former Red Wing goaltender, uh, St. Louis Blue, I guess, and the New York Islander, we can throw in all the teams, but obviously he is a Red Wing through and through, and currently an analyst for Bally Sports Detroit. It is the one, it is the only, Chris Osgood. Chris, thanks for joining us today, really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Mark. I can't, I, just, I can't believe it's 179 episodes. Yeah, either can incredible. I. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is pretty incredible. And uh, I, 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 I think you've only been on like four or five of them over the years. But with yeah. that said, I wanted to ask you something. And, and I'm not trying to get a gotcha question or anything. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the long debate, I hope someday on the next episode when you're on that I can announce you as a Hall of Famer in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Do you think about it much? Because, you know, you are one of the hot topics that people debate. You have over 400 career wins. Uh, you have multiple Stanley Cups under your belt. I mean, is that something you dwell on? Or is that something that maybe at one time you did and you've just moved on? Uh, yeah, one time I did for the first couple of seasons. And after that, I really haven't uh, focused a heck of a lot on it other than when people ask me. Uh, <laughs> it's actually... Usually the first thing people would ask me would be about fighting Wa, And then the second would usually be about the Stanley Cups. And then the third was the Hall of Fame. Well, that now the Hall of Fame has moved to number one. And they almost debate me with it that why I should be in there. And I'm kind of, uh, I don't like to brag about myself. So I just kind of uh, go along with it. But if I'm at a coffee shop or at or, uh, anywhere around the arena. Cause I take my son to the game and his teammates and I walk around. That's the first thing people ask me is, or tell me that I should be in and why I should be. And they'll rattle off my stats, which is very flattering. So, but you know, Red Wing fans are loyal to their players. So that's awesome. And I appreciate it a ton. Um, hopefully one day. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I hope it does happen one day. I, I feel goalies take a little bit longer. I think I'm, Rogi Vashon with the Kings as well. So, right. um, but there's guys that I think are goalies. It's just, it seems, I don't, I don't want to say more difficult, but you have to be probably in that top, top, top uh, guys. You think of Hasek, Broder, guys have got that going right away. And, and the rest of us are kind of in waiting in limbo um, for it. I think of a guy like, uh, you know, Chris Joseph won a ton of games, although not winning. So there's plenty of goalies that could possibly go in that just haven't yet. So hopefully that changes one day. Well, I, I hope so, too. As I said, I didn't want to throw that right out at you, but, I mean, it. Uh, uh, you know, it's always on the tip of my tongue. Every time we, we do something together uh, and I introduce you, I always I, well, I want to yeah. say Hall of Famer, you know, because you are. But, you know, that's not for me to decide, I guess. So I guess we'll just move forward on that and hopefully someday uh, soon, like this year, you'll get the call. But uh, I, I also wanted to ask you, I know you mentioned your son uh, – your son Max and uh, I saw you at the arena the other day before the Philadelphia game and uh, you have now uh, graduated into the coaching ranks and are with Little Caesars can you tell us a little bit about that yeah it's fun coaching little guys it's a lot of fun it's enjoyable Um, it's it's a lot it's a lot of work a lot goes into it more than I ever thought but it's worth it Uh, it goes by quick I look at it that way so uh, 
you know, NHL players start coaching these young guys. You think you're coaching NHL guys, so sometimes you get ahead of yourself in seriousness and you forget how young they are. So it's all about, you know, creating a good environment for them with, with good teammates and, and good people and making them better, developing them. There's enough pressure when they get older. They don't really need any right now. They need to have fun, enjoy themselves. And that's kind of what we did. And to be honest, Art, there are ways ahead of me when I was that age. It's not even close. If they had, But I'd be on beta vision or VHS, so I'm not even <laughs> sure I was ready. It might have been the old handheld camera when I was playing in the small ranks in Canada. So uh, it's 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 a lot of fun. I enjoy it, and it's it's a, it's a lot of work, but it keeps me busy. Now, now, will you move up the ranks as Max moves up? I know that Chris Draper did a very similar thing with his son Keenan, uh, who's going to University of Michigan next year. Uh, that uh, each uh, each level of hockey that he went up, Chris was also coaching. Are you planning on following? This group, which, what are they, 11 or 12 right now, all the yeah, way up? And... Yeah, they're 11. Uh, I, I'm not sure. A year-by-year year thing. Uh, I'll have some way, shape, or form capacity in those years always. Uh, I mean, Mr. Illich started it from scratch, coached in it. Um, you know, the old adage, you pay it back. So, And and a lot of NHL guys are down there. I mean, Jimmy Howard's there with his kids, and he's got others coming. And David Leguan, Josh Langfeld, Kirk Malpe. Um, there's lots of guys and hopefully we can bring more NHL guys in there to help these kids and, and bring them along and, and, uh, hopefully make them into players one day. Well, yeah, that sounds great. You know, I know that, uh, uh, you know, certainly I know that you enjoy it and, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, maybe you someday behind the Red Wing bench, who knows? Uh-huh, Chris? Oh, I'm 50 <laughs> in November 26th. I can tell you a certainty, Art. I have a better chance of breaking par than ever being behind the Red Wing bench. So neither are going to happen. So right. that'd be great. All right, I'll, I'll definitely hold you to it. Let's uh, let's turn our uh, attentions and focus to the Red Wings right now. As we uh, currently sit here, we're doing this on the 25th of March. Uh, the Red Wings will play an afternoon game on Saturday against Tampa, and then head to a late afternoon game a five o'clock face off on sunday with uh with pittsburgh as the season begins to wind down uh red wings now currently stand 26 31 and 7 they have 59 points they have 186 goals scored for 240 against which is the second most in the league their goal differential is minus 54 uh with all that said chris your assessment thus far of the Red Wings. I like to say they took two steps forward early on, but they've kind of taken a step back, yet they've made progress this year. I think as the season has went along, a lot of factors go into the ebbs and flows of, of a season. You think of the COVID protocols. Well, yeah, those made a difference for sure. Um, the uh, injuries for sure. Um, also, I, I look at, for the Red Wings, you, you're in a really tough division. I mean, come on. The Florida Panthers are trying to win. Toronto's trying to win. Um, Tampa Bay has won twice. They're in it again to win it. Uh, you think of the Boston Bruins. Now, you have four teams. To me, if I'm looking at who has a chance to win the Cup, you go seven or eight teams. Well, there's four of them in your own division that are trying to win. Correct? Right. So that in itself makes things difficult. So, And, and the Wings, and no shot to them, just don't have as much talent as those teams yet. So they got to battle, give it their all, grind it out just to stay in it, correct? So we're looking at about January. They're six points, eight points out. They're, they're still light at the end of the tunnel. They got a chance. They're battling. They're winning some big games on the road, uh, playing well at home. That's when they're really, really good at home. Well, then you Boston, Tukaras retires. Uh, Marchant gets suspended for 
a pretty high amount of games. I can't remember the exact number. Yeah, so now here's your like that. six or eight. So here's your windows open. You can catch Boston. Well, the wings go into a bit of a tailspin. You got those weird games against Toronto. You got to give up six goals, six goals in other games. You look up, suddenly you're 19 points out of the playoffs, correct? So uh, human nature is you're, you're, you're disheartened. I mean, it's tough. You've given it your all for that amount of time to stay in it, hoping to make it. You want to stay in You want to prove everybody wrong. You have a chance to make it in the end. Now, you, you look at the standings, and you do as a player every day. You, you, those guys that say you don't, are, aren't, they should be. And it's, and it's difficult to wrap your head around, well, how did that happen? In a span of two weeks, you go from being in it, having a chance. Now, it still would be tough to catch Boston six or eight. But now you're looking at 19, 20 points out. It's disheartening. So you got to – and I think that had a lot to do with kind of their spell they went through for those four games. There's some crazy games, aren't right. So now they've, they kind of reset themselves against Philly. I thought they played good in Seattle. It was just an odd game, and they blew that lead late. I thought they played good the, the, the latter part of the Edmonton game. So you just have these ups and downs where you kind of got to reset yourself and say, hey, okay, yeah, we're probably for surely not going to make it now, but we still got to play solid down the stretch and make something out of this. Because to be honest, Art, as a player, it, it gets old when you're just playing to play down the stretch. It's not fun. Um, and the old adage, well, they're playing for jobs next year. No, they want to play to make the playoffs. And that's, that's the biggest thing. So when suddenly that's taken away from you, there is going to be a little bit of, bit of a fallback. It's human nature. And some people say it's an excuse. I, don't, I think maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But it's the reality of it. And for the team that battled so hard to stay in it and, and really looked good on a lot of nights, especially at home, and gave us hope that maybe they might make it. Suddenly, in a two-week span, you find yourself, you look up, now it's over to make the playoffs. It, it's an adjustment on the fly. So I think hopefully they've done that. Um, they um, really, really got Islanders last night. The Islanders do got the teams as they score right away, and then they kind of slow play the whole game. But I thought they weren't. The Wings played a pretty solid game overall could be better defensively but you know they got two tough games this weekend which is good for them uh it's gonna it's gonna you got to get your eyes wide open and go and play and, and get better and, and i think that's as close to playoff games they're gonna get when you go to play a tampa team and you got to go pittsburgh back to back so these are two games where i look at let's see what valeno can do let's see what rasmussen can do i mean cider's done it all year so i don't question him a heck of a lot anymore if any uh, let's see what Raymond does against these two big teams here. He's a he's a forward that's learning how to play. Yeah, he's got 20 goals in the season, but I want to keep seeing it. His 200-foot games got better. I look up and down the lineup. I like Wallman. I like what he – he kind of looks like a young Nick Letty from Chicago. So let's see what Nadelkovich does. And, and and for Ned, from a goalie standpoint, is, yeah, he struggled in that stretch, no doubt. But he had a nice bounce back, and I'd rather have that happen to a goalie that I'm trying to look at to see if – is he going to be the guy in two years? Is he going to be our number one when we have a chance to make the playoffs? And then you've got to see him battle through stuff. So the tough times aren't that bad to have. They're actually good. Um, but we got to we got to see improvement. I think overall, Art, when you look at the big picture of this Wings team, the prospects that are even here, the young guys that have played this season for the Wings, um, the veteran guys that are still young, you think of Larkin and Bertuzzi that have gotten better. Overall, They've taken steps forward. Well, you know, it's interesting. You bring something up, and it's you know, it's great to always hear your perspective because it is a a perspective of a of a former player, a guy who is 
you know, been there uh, and, you know, the old expression, been there and done that. But I'm kind of curious now at this point, because you just explained it's kind of human nature. As we speak today, the Red Wings are 21 points out of the uh, 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 final wild card spot. And, you know, it doesn't, you know. It, There's one guy that thinks they can still make it. Who is that? Uh, Who is it? I would say Paul Woods. It's, oh, yeah, and I was going to say Ken Cal. 100%. Uh, and Ken Cal, who thinks the Lions can win the Super Bowl every single year, yes. still would tell me if we were sitting at a pub in Colorado, which we have before, that <laughs> the Wings still have a chance. And good for him because I like the positive attitude. It's very unlikely, obviously. But in all likelihood, the Wings in about hopefully two or three years are going to have a really good shot at making the playoffs. Right. Well, I, I agree with that. And, and my point being is this. And, uh, you know, we always wish the best to – to Kenny and Paul, they do. A oh, lot do we ever? They're the best. What are they? They are. Listen, I. It's. It's. The only thing. No, there's nothing better. The pillow talk was a close second to these two. The <laughs> out, outstanding, outstanding. My uh, driving home um, when I'm not doing the game from Max's hockey or somewhere. I love having them on ninety-seven-one. Listen to them. Outstanding job. Yeah, they doesn't do. get any better than that. They, they really do. And pillow talk was that after like. Uh, what some oh, yeah. games you would you would be listening to Alan Allman? Yeah, hundred point three, hundred point three. Left lane on ninety six after a tough loss. Just put me back in a nice comfortable mood. Because <laughs> you can't get in the right lane and drive fast after a loss. You know, you got to your brain was working overtime. You're going slow, probably oh sixty five. Pillow talks on. <laughs> So you, you get home in the right frame of mind. You can't come home mad, or you can never come home mad. No, no, no. I, I that's pretty. That's pretty hilarious. I could just imagine seeing you die. You know, <laughs> uh, this oh, one goes yeah. out to uh, Chris, who's a little down on his luck today. Uh, you know, what? Did you ever request a song? Did I ever request a song? Yeah, for no, Alan Allman to play for you. If I would, if I would nowadays, because I was just driving downtown and I saw air supplies going to be in Detroit, which was a shocker. Uh, I'd have to go with the Canadian band though. I would go like with lover boy or, or um, one of those groups from Canada for sure. I can't remember the other one. I should know it. It's on my phone, but I'm afraid to touch my phone because every time I touch anything technology, technology wise, it it screws up. So I don't want to drop this, this call again. Um, Honeymoon suite. There you go from Canada. So we're going to go Canada. Brian Adams. Brian Adams. I'd say Nickelback, but for some reason, everybody hates Nickelback. I was going to say everybody but Nickelback, right, Chris? It's like, I don't know how you get such a bad reputation like that, but that happened in a hurry. But, (laughs) you know, never, never slain Dion. Um, Bare Naked Ladies, in all likelihood, yeah. No Justin Bieber, just because he's not from my era. Um, uh, Shania Twain, for sure. Obviously, Art. Yeah, put some Shania Twain on there. So a lot of stuff for Pillow Talk I would have had. Well, well, great. Well, that that sounds great. Getting back now, although this is a fascinating conversation. Let's get back on track, Art. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, you know, you're the one that mentioned Pillow Talk, and you know, you're talking <laughs> to an old music jock here. I mean, I used to spin yeah. tunes, too, so. Uh, I know. Oh, so, so, God, okay, no, great, I, <laughs> But Steve Eiserman, obviously, we all know, is a former player himself. What does he look for in these last 19, 18 games remaining? What do you think his mindset is? Because he knows full well that even though you're still mathematically in it, you're just playing to kind of play out the string. I think he's looking for – if you look at what Eisenman's doing, and I'd be guessing because he's very obviously tight to the vest and, right. and doesn't reveal his cards ever, I think he's trying to get a little bigger. Uh, if you look at the Tampa teams and up and down their lineup, they had some big – remember they, they grabbed Maroon as well? Right. Um, their third line was 
pretty big and aggressive. Um, I look at Sunquist. He's a big guy. Uh, he, if I watch plays in his, in his his opening games here, he's at the he's he's crap bodies. He's causing uh, havoc in the offense zone, and, and also he had an offense too. So you look at these guys now suddenly. 6'2", six, 6'3", two, six, two, over 200-plus pounds. Those are some big guys and hard to play against. So, um, And you look at Tampa Bay's defense, huge. I mean, that's uh, without question. We're going to get a chance to see that on Saturday. Try beating that team in the playoff series. We talk about Vasilevsky, but we forget about how big that defense was. Uh, very difficult to, to get through them, and, it, and it's painful. I mean, they're going to slash you, hit you. So if I see the wings moving forward, and I, I believe that's – kind of character guys and, and guys that know how to win with size will be part of the plan. But I, I, I think for the Red Wings team standpoint, just the way they play, they're going to continue to get better. They got to battle. They got to play the right way. Who's, who's uh, competing, who's uh, winning the little battles. If you look at the game and, and you think of goals and assists, that, that, that comes after the doing little things, right? I think mm-hmm. a guy like Valeno is learning that Raymond had it right away. Raymond had that 200 foot game, even when he's not scoring, He's generating chances for his line mates and he's playing good defensively. So that's a real bonus for a player at that age. So I think it's just watching his players and Rasmussen included, who I think has come a long way and has a, has a pretty good future here. If he continues on the track, he is, he's a big, big guy. When he steps on the bus, Art, the bus tilts. That's yeah, how big yeah, he is. I know. And I was on on the road. It's ridiculous to size this guy and he's moving better and he's competing and he's on puck. So I think as a third line player, you know, maybe fourth. I think of him being like a really good Patrick Maroon one day for the Wings, hopefully. And he probably has bigger aspirations than that, and he should. But he is ninth overall pick in the first round. Um, watch him these last games. So this weekend against a good Tampa team, against a good Pittsburgh team, let's see what he can do. So I think he's just going to watch these guys as their games evolve besides goals and assists and just see if they're capable of sustaining a long NHL career. Right. Well, you know, it's always when you, you bring up Michael Rasmussen, and I was there when he was drafted, and – uh uh, so I've known him all, you know, since day one of his yeah. Red Wing career, and uh, yeah, I, I teased him all the time. I mean, he—I know he's listed at six six, but I swear he has to be six uh, eight. But when yeah, I guess know, when El, Elmer Satterblom, I, I would assume, gets here next year, the uh, oh, huge—he's he's huge. I mean, he's he's listed at six eight, but I'm really so you, eager to see he, he and uh, Rasmussen stand next together. But Michael is having a good it, it, is it, you know he will do whatever it takes, and I think that that's what the Red Wings like about him. There's certain guys that have that work ethic. You know, they, they can figure it out. They know what they have to improve on, and they just go to work. And I think that, you know, obviously, uh, Michael is uh, is one of those guys. So I wanted to go back and circle back here. I'm going to ask you about some individual players and maybe a little bit of the future of the Red Wings here as we as we continue here on the Red and White Authority. Um, uh, Chris, what about Alex uh, Nadalkovich? I know you've touched upon him briefly, but, you know, sometimes – you know, goalies, and you're right, it's a funny situation, and that's why I think, as we spoke earlier, why it's difficult for, for goaltenders to, to get elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's because, you know, you can't win for losing, so to speak. I mean, if uh, if you're, you put up good numbers, you're playing well, it's the people in front of you. You know, it, uh, you know, they're always the last, the, the last line of defense and the last line to get credit for the, for the most part, uh, but... You have played in front of guys that are Hall of Fame blue liners, Hall of Fame defensemen. Uh, you know, is it a combination? Uh, d- does Ned have to get better? Where do you think he's at right now, and how would you assess his season? I thought Ned started out really well. Um, he 
he, he has a lot of potential. I think for Ned, um, it, it's got to be continued just battling and working every day to, to become that everyday number one guy. Because it's difficult now. The league is difficult. There's no easy games. Um, you have to be on your game each and every. I don't know if there's a lot of guys that can play 60-plus games anymore. It's hard. Um, so I think down the stretch here, he's another guy you got to watch to see, okay, is, is he going to be one of these guys when the wings are, are, are on the cusp of making the playoffs? Is he going to be part of what they're doing? And is he going to be the number one goalie? And that's, that's another thing they have to take a real, real close look at because it's hard to find goalies are very, very hard right, right now. So they also have a young man named Kosa coming in, uh, hopefully one day, but he's very young. He's just drafted in the first round, second year with the Edmonton Oil Kings. So he's a big guy, but it takes time as well. And I, I, I keep looking to a guy like, like Rasmussen. I look at Valeno. They're still very young players, and they still have quite a bit of time to develop here in the next two or three years when the wings are on the cusp, hopefully, of making the playoffs. And do we hope they make it next year? Of course we do. But it'll be difficult to get it, especially the division they are in. Right. So, I mean, I, I would assume, and this isn't a knock against Thomas Grace, but I would assume that next year the Red Wings will sort of be in a market for a goaltender because uh, either Grace, um, I, I don't know what his plans are, but may retire or may may move on. I would, I would be under that assumption. Yeah, I, I think that may be the case. I mean, you and I would be guessing once again. Right. We don't, uh, we're assuming that. And if that does happen, I look, well, who's out there? I mean, well, I, I believe Toronto was trying to get Flurry. That just fell through because they waved Mrazic, but he's back. You think of Campbell, well, he's a, he's a free agent, so maybe he comes back. He is from Michigan. He, he had a real good good first half, kind of like a lot like um, Nadelkovich. Uh, right. Really good first half and then struggle. I just think it's hard to go start to finish unless you're on a really, really good team, Mark, that plays great defensively. I mean, you look at Calgary, they've really tightened things up there. Yeah, Markstrom, great great goalie. We don't dispute that. But when you know when the shots are coming from and you know your defense have that back door covered, and like last night's game with the Islanders, a lot of those guys right down Main Street hitting that late guy wide open in the slot, right? So right. on those teams, you don't see as many as those, those shots on, on and less frequent. And that's a big, big deal when you know where it's coming from. I think of Greg for the Islanders. I think of Letty playing for the Islanders. Letty, a great defenseman in his own right, while struggled in the Detroit. Real structured system in, in New York, wasn't it? It was right. great how they played. They went to the conference finals, I want to say, three years in a row, losing to Tampa once, one nothing at home in game seven, or they would have been in the final versus Montreal. So um, it, it's a lot of systems and what kind of grade A chances your teams give up. And if, if you're on a team that's really – fluctuates defensively it's hard i mean not even the great carry price who's taken this season off pretty much could, could hold his team in other than the playoffs for montreal so it's it's difficult so i really think you need two guys and they, i mean they're gonna have to get somebody or find somebody that's gonna help nadelkovich and that's not only gonna take the pressure off mark but it's gonna help him grow and get better it's too much to play 60 some games at this point in time Right, yeah, and, and since we're harboring a goaltender, we've mentioned him a little bit, Sebastian Kosa. Uh, I know Chris Draper on a previous podcast said that uh, that you had an opportunity when the Red Wings were going through the draft process of talking to him and that your conversation with Kosa, Draper said, really kind of uh, cemented the deal that that was the guy that the Red Wings wanted. Oh. Uh, <laughs> maybe you have Putting the pressure on me, eh? Yeah. Putting the pressure on me, eh? Yeah, it it deflected it right to you there, Chris. Yeah. But, but okay. how was that conversation? What did you, what did you hear uh, when you were talking to him that made you think, wow, this guy has – at least has the mental frame and probably more likely based on his numbers, the skill to, uh, to be an NHL goalie. 
I just, he, I mean, he's got some boxing. He, and I like that when a kid's cocky because what's the alternative not to be? Right, um, right. If you're not, as a goalie, you're sunk. I mean, you've got to have some swagger. I think of Peter Mrazek, Marty Berger was like that. So was Dominic Hasek. You have to be confident in yourself because a lot of times as you go along, nobody's going to be confident in you or, or, or like what you've done. So you have to believe in yourself. And he has that. He has size. He has talent. Um, he has a lot of the attributes that you need to possibly make the NHL. Now it's what is he going to do with them? Uh, he's he's got to work. He's got to compete. And he's going to have to learn to work through tough times. He's played on a really good team, the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, went to the World Juniors. Didn't start. And then it ended because of COVID. Um, had a rough game in the exhibition season, I believe, for the World Juniors. But that's one game. Uh, I don't put much merit into that. I look at the body of work for him, not not only this year, but, you know, moving forward as well, which will, you know, likely be in Grand Rapids eventually. Um, so we're looking at it probably a, since drafting him, probably one, two, three, four-year progression. So let's look at that then. Right now we can nitpick everything we want, but it's good and bad for things to happen that aren't always the best. And uh, if when he's playing great, that's awesome. But when he's not, let's see what he does because that's the life of an NHL goalie and being a pro in the National Hockey League is it's not always going to go your way. What are you going to do then? And I think he's got that in him. He's got the skill, he's got the ability and the size, and, he, and I believe he has the mind because he does believe in himself, but now it's, what is he going to do with those tools here in the next four years to put himself? Okay. Answer, I'm going to, I'm just going to move on now uh, okay. to... Uh, why is it dropping out? Why? I, I don't know why. You, you, you occasionally drop, you occasionally drop out and then you come back. I have no idea. Unless someone's, I'm on it. unless someone's trying to contact you. No, I'm on the, my, I'm on my uh, iPad. I don't know what's going on. I, I really wish I could say, but I really, I really don't know. So, uh, that's you know, your, uh, that's the Art Regner model. Yeah, I definitely. really don't know. I really don't know, but, but I, but I get, I'm trying. Um, yeah. well, let's, uh, uh, let's move to, uh, Kosa believes from being on the podcast <laughs> that yeah. he most likely will be in GR next year. Now I know you don't have any inside information, uh, but I think because of his birth year, he does qualify to be in the AHL next year. Uh, yes. do you think that that well, is that, you know, that that is the likely scenario that, you know, uh, baptism under fire, let's see exactly where he's at because he's going to get quite an education as a rookie goaltender in the AHL for the Griffins. Well, he also could be an overage and junior again, which a lot of that isn't bad either. Um, I, I think the young guys that come into the AHL and they, they think they're going to dominate, especially guys that are drafted high. It's a hard league. It's the second best league. And uh, it's difficult. Guys are big. Uh, schedule is, hot, is hard. It's condensed. Um, there's a lot of good young players. Uh, and then sometimes they sink. And now what happens? Well, you slingshot between the East Coast League and the AHL, and suddenly your games played aren't as high as they maybe could have been. So the Wings, and I, I know they will be, uh, the, the, the goaltending staff for the Red Wings um, will make sure that he's handled the right way, as he should. Um, but in the end, it's up to him. I mean, if he's going to be in the AHL, he's, he's going to have to play. I would, I would foresee them probably putting a veteran with him. Uh, Pickard, who's been absolutely fantastic in Grand Rapids this year, and I feel is a real good third goalie to have in your organization. Um, 
but it's going to be up to him. It's all hearsay right now, Art. I mean, we got it's going to take some time, and we'll see. I, I, I wouldn't put Savior label on him quite yet. Right. <laughs> I have to, have to see more. Um, he plays on a really good team in the in the Western Hockey League, Edmonton Oil King. It's going to take some time, and he he has the toolbox. He has the tools inside that with the potential, but it's now what's he going to do with that? And all right, it's not one game, it's not one month, it's not one year. It's it's a three year tour here. It's a three year year um, learning curve for him, developing, getting stronger, getting better. And then we'll see if he has a chance to make the NHL. You think of Markstrom, he was in Florida with Luongo, then he, right. then he went to Vancouver. Now, how old is he? Probably arrived when he was 27. So it takes some goalies longer. So I think patience is the word with him. And he has tons of potential. He has everything he needs. But it's going to take a little time. When you, uh, uh, when you look at, uh, you know, speaking of young guys and, and taking time, Two guys that were have really truly been fast tracked, and I, I think have surprised everybody. Nineteen-year-old uh, Lucas Raymond and twenty-year-old uh, Moritz Sider, who we affectionately call Mo, of course. Uh, I, I mean, how extraordinary! Not that they have, you know. I, I guess this way. I mean, the consistency that they've shown for their age. I mean, because you know, there's guys that you know obviously have ups and ups and downs, but they have pretty much been two of the more steadier players all season long. Yeah, from start to finish, Sider has been on par. He has been on cue uh, from the drop of the puck in game one till till now. It's amazing um, the ability to control a game. I think he's going to more and more as we move forward. He's still young. I think he has the ability really offensively to dominate. Uh, three on three is fantastic. So I, I, I think what you see on three on three art, that's going to happen more five on five. I think it's in him. Uh, he, he's learning to play the game at this level still. So he's, he's playing within himself, which is unreal what he's got. Uh, great defensively, patient with the puck. First passes are great. But I think next year you're going to see some more offense out of him. You're going to see that, that other side come into his game. Um, and Raymond, too. I mean, Raymond went through that little spurt. But I, I always say, everybody says the hardest position is goalie, which it may be. The second is a goal scorer. Because what else are you going to do if you can't score, if you're in a slump? It's hard to score goals as it is in National Hockey League with the size of the defenseman, how good the goaltenders are. And Raymond's been able to score 20 goals at his age. Yeah, and yeah, he went through a little spell where he wasn't scoring. But what I looked at was he was still playing the right way, playing that 200-foot game, making his line mates better around him, making good decisions with the puck. So uh, the amazement for me and the biggest compliment I can give these two guys is just their ability to contribute even when they don't have it. And not on a lot of nights they don't, but just their ability to contribute and help the Wings win no matter what that is that goes beyond their top talents, which obviously Raymond scoring can do that. But their all-around games, both of them, is outstanding. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it is pretty incredible. And, you know, I was saying for years the Red Wings need to catch a break on a couple of players. And, you know, certainly uh, Lucas Raymond, who was a very, very uh, high draft pick. I mean, he was really well thought of in his draft year. I mean, they're, they're, he he didn't sneak up on anybody. He suffered a, a few, he had a few injuries along the way that might have uh, – knocked his draft yeah. stock down a little bit but and, uh you know but Mo's the one who ascended out of nowhere out of the German league out of Mannheim and boom look at him today and and that's why we're kind of like we uh don't talk about the other guys because these two have been so off the charts and we talk about them both for the Calder and kind of we forget about how how hard it is for younger players to play in league because we've been spoiled by these two 
seem to be stars in the league. And, and we overlook, you know, when really, if you look at, and I'm going to go back to him again, his Rasmussen season, he, he's improved a lot. Right. And he's becoming a viable player. He had some really good games in that West Coast swing. Um, that line that he was on played an NHL caliber game and he played the right way. So I, I think, you know, for him, he's going to be one of those guys you'll talk about at the start of next year. Who's going to have a breakout year? Rasmussen will be one of those guys. I like what I've seen from Valeno. Um, he's starting to lumber around. He's a quick player. Um, he's starting to get it. He's starting to get what he needs to be to stay in the league. Um, there's potential there as well. Defensively, he needs to get a little better, especially if he's going to play center, right? Uh, right? But that will come. He lost his guy a few times last night. The game's quick. Uh, so you gotta, you, you gotta have your, your, your wits with you. And he's starting to get there. Um, it was Adina's and I go back it's, when you th- think as Adina, well, you, what do you say? Our goal scorer, right? right? Well, it's hard to score goals as a young guy. It is. And so now what else is he going to do? So in junior Zadina's a star, he scores at will, um, gets drafted high, comes here. All of a sudden the, the well goes dry. I'm not scoring as much as I used to. These big defensemen are in the way. Now, what else is he going to do? So now he's trying to figure himself out. Okay, I need to get better defensively. I need to get a 200-foot game. I need to be stronger on the puck. I need to win more puck battles. So he's kind of in, in a crossroads where he's learning to play the game while we still expect him to score, right? Well, right. It, that, that's a difficult expectations for a young player, especially at his age. So he's still learning. So give him some time. I, I, I think, you know, over time, these players, and I look forward to seeing what they're going to do next year, and I revert back to Bertuzzi. And Larkin, it didn't happen for Larks right away. Not at all. It took time. Now he's 27. He's having a, his best year of his career. So I, I try and get a vision for, you know, what are these guys going to look like when they're 23, 24, which is still a ways away. And then now when they're 27, if they're here or not, I, I believe they're going to be pretty good players. So in the end, it just takes time. They're trying to find themselves. What can I do to be a viable NHL player while still doing what I could do before? So it, it takes time to work your way through that. Right, there's no doubt. You know what? And I think, and I could be wrong, but I think Dylan might only still be. He seems like he's been here forever, but he still might only be 25 years. Yeah, 20. Old. I think he's 26. You and I, like always, are we're never we don't get it right the first or second time, but always the third. So he's, <laughs> he's probably somewhere in that range. Yeah, he's right. Gonna turn, he's going to turn 26 on uh, July 30th. Yes. Uh, so you, we got it. The third time's a charm. There you go. Of, of course. You know, I'm thinking, okay. Uh, but let's let, let me ask you then about, I, I want to throw in, you, you. I know that you said Zadina, another player who really looked like last year, a, a lot of responsibility was heaped on him. I don't know if he took a step back or he's leveled off, but he seems to, struggle had been struggling this year and that's philip ronick uh where where do you think his game is at and uh what do you think's going on there? well if i he he's an agitator defenseman uh, if you see how he plays he plays hard um he sometimes and it's no knock on philip ronick i mean he can play minutes but sometimes you play too many minutes and uh to me um 18 minutes would be perfect for him. 17, I know Coach Blasio is trying to get him around there. Um, has he, if, if anything, you'd say defensively, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. Um, he, he, he's a hard-nosed player. And I, I thought that for sure there'd be lots of players, uh, teams, sorry, asking about him at the trade deadline. He has potential. He's still young. It's not easy to play defense. Um, if I was to nitpick Philip Peronik as a, I would say offensively, a little more patient, hit the net more. Um, 
but but he's a hard nosed player, and, and and he's he's a guy that's that's going to give you everything he's got, and he's going to play. He's going to be good defensively. Has he been as good as he can be this year defensively? Well, who has though on the entire right. team? Right, I mean, right. they, they, so so I don't think we can mound a bunch of stuff on one or two guys on that back end. I just think at the same time he's young and he's playing a ton, and now he's playing against the best players in their team some nights. So it's difficult, and I think if you move forward and Everson gets here, yeah, maybe hopefully Stahl stays here. So you get a couple of veteran guys with these young guys. I still consider Heronic to be young. Now he's slotted maybe where he should be, and he has and he plays real strong, and he's he's looks like the player that we know he can be. But I, I don't think he's he's had an off year. I think maybe we got ahead of ourselves a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the team is still a work in progress. Um, he he played great last year, so we're all like, oh my gosh, he's got to be better this year. Well, they're still young, and, and their team defense isn't where it needs to be to be successful on a regular basis in NHL, and he's part of that. But but he's learning, and I, and I I like his his battle, his compete is off the charts. He um he, he his the little things in his game. I mean the first pass, the uh, hitting the net more on a regular basis. I mean those are things he works on in practice. So he's a young player, and to me it's like, well, who are you replacing him with? <laughs> That's the other thing, is you got this young defenseman that I would think a lot of teams in the NHL like. So let's give him a few more years and see where he's at. Uh, you know you are you, in a way are you also to a, maybe a lesser degree, describing Gus Lindstrom's year this year too, because he was uh, not as uh, maybe offensively flashy as as uh, as uh, Heronic, but uh, uh, are you know because because Gus seemed to be having a pretty darn good year, and now it's uh, a little shaky. Yeah, well, it, it's the length of the season. The the, or the longer you play in the NHL, the 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 more info other teams get on you the harder it gets. It's, it's almost, it's hard to get here, but it's harder to stay. And so for him, yeah, he's a good first pass, uh, smooth with the puck. He's going to make good decisions. And probably if I was the opposition scouting report, be, be physical, be physical with him in the corners in front of the net. So uh, two things probably needs to get stronger, right? right. Probably. And his skating's fine, but the scouting reports get out there on these guys. So when you play more art, they know about you. So yeah, he's a good first pass defenseman. You don't notice him a lot, but he does a ton of good things. Tons during the course of a game. I notice when I'm watching him uh, during the Wings games. And if anything, physically tougher, stronger, especially in front of the net, better defensively, maybe in that grade A scoring chance area. But but a, but a pretty viable defenseman and another young guy that, believe me, Art, if, if suddenly he became available, there'd be lots of teams that would want him. So I, I, I think part of the reason when we say, well, the Red Wings – Goals against average is where it is. Well, they have young players. <laughs> they have like young players on the blue line, and they have young and they have a young goalie who's really learning his way through the league. So it, sometimes you kind of say to yourself, "Well, maybe do you want it to be that high the goals against?" Of course you don't. Could they do better defensively in their own zone? Of course they could. But in the end, when you have young players, you're going to get young player mistakes, and there's going to be ebbs and flows. And when you're playing against the best players in the world, it shows. And uh, but at the same time, I think the players forementioned. In, in Lindstrom, and you mentioned uh, Ronick, they've all taken steps forward. They've all gotten better from last year, even though it doesn't seem the same as it did the previous year. When you, uh, I, I, I know I want to, you know, a couple of acquisitions. I know we talked a little bit. I thought at the trade deadline, I know Steve 
uh, expiring contracts where, where, where the players that he let go. I know that a lot of people think somehow Nemetsikov will be back here in Detroit, but that, again, is only speculation. But he does have a long history with Steve. Uh, uh, but I, I wanted to ask you about uh, uh, Ulevi, uh, th that they uh, got off waivers from Florida. And then, obviously, the two guys that they did, you, I know you touched upon it a little bit, but uh, Oscar Sundquist and, uh, and Jake Wallman, these look like uh, – uh, players that are certainly going to get a, a long, hard look and an opportunity here in Detroit. Well, it's like draft picks. You stockpile them and you hope a number percentage makes it, right? The more you have, the better opportunity you have to hit on them. It's the same with when you gather up players that are younger, that are, are finding their way in the NHL. The more of them you have, the better chance you have to hit on some. And in the cap world, you have to hit on some of these guys. Wallman, a guy like that would be a perfect example I, I look at him skate. Um, I look at his ability offensively. He reminds me a lot of Letty when he was in Chicago, the younger version of Letty. Right. Um, he, he comes up the ice. He's a very good skater. He's going to be able to add that offense. He's a bigger guy. Um, um, Sunquist. to me, it, what I'm looking at is now we're going 6-2, 6-3 up front. We're going to be hard to play against. Um, uh, this player, from what I've seen in two games, and I liked him when he was in St. Louis. He's one of those guys that, I kind of caught my eye on a big St. Louis team. Right. If you think when they won the cup, that team was huge. If you think when Tampa won the cup, they were a huge group. Um, so Sunquist is going to be at the net. He's going to be physical. He's going to be on the forward check. And he's going to add offensively. The thing for him is he's got to stay healthy. He's been injured over the course of the last couple of seasons. So they have to stay healthy. But I think these guys that were picked up all have a, a way of fitting in. Um, but you have a guy like Evanson coming. You have younger guys as well. So it, it, it's going to be a little bit of a different looking team next year. But I can tell you one thing from what I'm seeing and like you and I always do, Art, we guess, we speculate, right. Right. but I, I feel like this team is going to be big next year. They're going to get bigger and bigger as we move along. Well, you know, I, and I wanted to ask you then, they, uh, Jacob Verana, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin, are these, uh, do you see them being the foundation for this rebuild or, you know, I, I guess again, me speculating that I think that perhaps, uh, and I always say Bertuzzi, and I'm just saying that they're going to reach a point where they may have to really trade an asset in order to get something back, or am I thinking way too beyond the, uh, uh, you know, let's take it one step at a time, Art, not four? No, I think it's, anything's open for discussion, isn't it? Right. Uh, at all Definitely. times. I think at, at where you're at in the standings and, and where they're moving in the future, but it, it needs to be a haul to come back for those guys. I mean, all right, come on. I, I mean, I, I watch Verona shoot the puck, and, and there's very few people in this league that can shoot like him and just naturally score goals. I mean, he has – and the thing with him, Art, he hasn't even hit his full capacity yet. I mean, he came here late last year, scored some goals, had a nice finish, uh, hurt his shoulder, operated on a training camp. Now he's back now, but he, he, he's still rusty. He has to be. And he's still able to score. So I watched him on the five on three last night. If not for, for Sorokin, he could have had two goals on that. Right, right, and and right. he's a bona fide sniper, this guy. And he was sorely missed. So I think to myself, and I was always talking to John Keating because he's always wrong and I'm always right. So I was thinking that they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs. They got a chance. They're going to have a chance. If he would have been there all year and having a great season, we can say he has 35 goals right now. I think they're still in it. And, and for me, that was the biggest miss all year was having him out for that amount of time. It was a killer. Um, the guy can just flat out score, and you have put that with the year Dylan Larkins had, 
and with Bertuzzi's had, now you've got a line. If they're together, that's as good as anybody's in the league. Now, you're not going to say they're better than McKinnon or McDavid. I'm not right. naive for that. But you go against anybody else, they can line up nose-to-nose, knee-to-knee with those guys and, and, and beat them on, on any given night. So the Wings didn't have that. They're always searching for somebody to fill that spot where Verona was and the ability for him just to flat-out score goals. You think about uh, the one-goal games they've been in, they were in a lot. And, and if you think if he was in that lineup healthy and having a good year, Art, I, I, I got to believe that gap would have been even closer with Boston. So, I mean, it, it was a very tough loss. And, and Dylan's Dylan. I, I find it difficult to ever see him going somewhere unless it's on his own accord right. where this team just hasn't reached the, the, the potential that he wants it to be at or wants a chance to make the playoffs and play. Because in the end, as a player, you really yearn that. You want that. And if, and if But that's years away from now. Um I, I, the Wings are so, so lucky in this aspect. And uh, Steve Eiserman, Nick Lindstrom, Henrik Zetterberg, and Dylan Larkin. Think of those four captains. Who can rattle those guys off in succession over the last however many years, which is a lot, right. where they can okay. have top-notch leaders like that. And don't ever take that out of, out of context or don't ever take that for granted, sorry, that the importance of having those four uh, people leading your team. So right. Dylan's done a fantastic job. And maybe... I mean, Steve Eisenman's job was tough at the start of his career. I don't want to speak for Steve, but that team wasn't very good, and he had to work his way through a lot of stuff there. And, and Dylan Larkin, it's easy when you're winning and you're on the top of the hill, but Dylan's done a fantastic job at a young age with a team that's had its struggles and its ups and downs, and uh, you can see how strong he is from it. But yeah, there's no question. I mean, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. If, if Dylan has ever moved, it'll be because uh, it'll be like a well, it'll be a heartbreaker. Situation. Right, yeah, right. it'll be a heartbreaker. I mean, you think of the wings and Dylan Larkin. I think, of, I mean, I, I think of uh, when the wings were were starting to miss the playoffs. Hedrick Zetterberg was talking after every game. It was his responsibility to explain what happened to the fans. Dylan Larkin's the same way. At a young age of twenty five, I think his answers. I think the way he carries himself is absolutely outstanding. And I think it's it's difficult. And I think when he first got the C on his jersey, I think he's become more comfortable with it. And he's just having a career year this year, isn't he? It's just outstanding stuff to watch him play night in and night out. So, and now you add in a, a Raymond, you got a couple of other younger guys coming. Uh, Fabry, I, I like Fabry's game. He's a nice fit in there too. So, you know, I say two or three years. I hope I'm wrong. I do to, to make the playoffs. That's my prediction. Other people can think differently, but I hope it's quicker. They have some pieces, they have some players, but it's all got to come together and it's tough. And I'm saying that art because. Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto, and Florida. That's why. Right, right. It's difficult in your own division. If, if, if they're in a different division, I, I might say next year. I might say the year after. But it's, you're having four teams that they're in a win mode right now. You know that. And it's difficult. So now what do you look at? You look at a couple wild card spots that you're battling for every year against some really good teams as well. You throw Washington in the mix. So it's difficult to make it. But the, I definitely think you know, we're going to talk probably for five hours in this, this, this chat today. <laughs> in the end, in the end, the, the wings are in the right direction and they've taken steps forward this year. I, yeah, I, I, I like what you're saying. And, you know, I, 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 we're going to touch virtually on everybody on the roster, but uh, Stahl, we've mentioned, Suter, uh, Ernie, Osterley, Gagne. These are good, solid veteran players. Yeah, and, and Ernie, too. Need. We think of Ernie. Yeah, we think of Ernie. Well, he had this breakout year. He scored all these goals last year. He, he's a very good two-way forward. He's going to have years where he scores more. He's going to have years where he scored less. Is this plus or minus where he wants it to be? No. But that could be empty netters for all we know. 
that pulled the goalie with four minutes left last night. So Ernie's a, a good, reliable, up and down, easy player for the coach to throw over the boards in any situation. So he's valuable. Don't just look at his goals and his assists as what's important for him. Does he want to score more points? Yeah, for sure he does. Um, is he great in the shootout? Yeah, that stick side shot is great. I love it. Right. But they have a lot of players that that you look at that roster and you think maybe they're closer. Maybe they're there, right? You're, right. You're, it's intriguing. And, and what you see coming, uh, maybe free agency, what are they going to do? I'm not so sure they'll do something this year or next year, but I don't know. Um, I, I still go back to this, Art. It hinges on what Nadelkovich, his progression. It really does. Because you think of Calgary rolled goalies through there. You can say what you want about Sutter coaching them and their team plays hard. Goudreau's having a great year. This guy's playing great. In the end, it's because Markstrom is a top five goalie. Their team plays more confidence, and now they have a chance to win. Correct? Right. So I agree with that. if Nedeljkovic takes the next steps here in the next two years and solidifies himself as one of those guys that they can rely on and be a number one guy, then they're going to have a chance. And I'm not putting pressure on them. That's just the reality of it. Well, you know, I, to, to, to wrap this up now, and I – and I know you kind of put on your soothsayer cap and maybe uh, try to get inside the mind of Steve Eiserman, which is probably, it's always dangerous to try to get in somebody's mind. But do you see them being active at the trade deadline or uh, not at, at free agency? Uh, um, maybe making some moves at the draft. Uh, I know we said everything is all open. Do you think, I guess what I'm really trying to get at, will the roster be significantly different when the season opens up sometime in October of 2022? Only if it's a player that's younger and they have control of. You think of uh, Verona, right? Right. You, you got control of him. He's, he's, he's a very good goal scorer. He can score. He's younger. He kind of fits into that mold. If they find guys that are very good players that are in that range of a Dylan Larkin, um, Bertuzzi age of 25, 26 second help, help speed this thing up a little bit. They would consider it for sure. Because I know one thing, uh, Chris Draper, Hork- yeah, Sean Sean Horkoff, Horkoff. Steve Eiserman, the rest of the staff there, they'll do anything it takes to get better. And, and, and if that's this year, if something comes along for free agency, they'll, they'll take a run at it. And, but not at the expense of, of, of putting himself in cap issues or losing any other young prospects that they covet. That won't happen. It just will not happen. And they've spent too much time, worked too hard on really stockpiling those young players. That would be a shame. And it would be almost, um, you, you just can't do it. You have to see this thing through. The plan is there. The plan is good. The plan's going to work. It's just going to take some time. Uh, and finally, and I, I, you know, the draft this year, uh, always best player available. We don't know where the Red Wings are going to fall. There's still a, a number of games to play in the schedule. They're playing a lot of really good teams here to close out the season. But with all that said, do you think there's a specific direction in the draft that they might look at, like perhaps a high-scoring forward, or do you have any idea where they may or may not go with that first pick? Well, I think for starters, if you see what Chris Draper's done, character, hard work, uh, guys that have some leadership ability, right? And and want it, they gotta want it. I mean, you can take the most talented guy in the world if he doesn't want it. You hit the NHL level, it's a quick out. Right. Um, I'm not sure where they'll go. I, I think they'll still stay with size. I gotta believe that. I mean, they've drafted some really big guys, and they, I mean, Raymond's not the biggest guy, but he, he gets around. He knows the game. He's a very smart cookie. He's 
he he's different than a lot of players. But I, I, I would think beef up some young the young defense. You can never have too many of those uh, in your in your prospect uh, barn to bring out and see how they'll do. Um, and I love it. Uh, you know, it's a lot. It's a totally different uh, perspective now than it used to be, right? Where right. Red Wings would go to the trade deadline. You get Bill Ranford, Wendell Clark. You, you remember this? Right. Uh, who else? Sa- Samuelson. And, and almost, Chelly, right? Was that and all? Chelly. Yeah. And Chelly. You can't make that trade in Xbox. They deny it. <laughs> for, like, for the hot, like, so those days, but it, it, it's a different exciting now because they've done such a great job of drafting over the last few seasons, Art, and, and I know they will again this year, that you have all these young players coming, right? And, and, and you see videos of them playing in Sweden. You see them playing in the, in the Canadian Hockey League. You see them playing in the, in the, in the, uh, the collegiate leagues. Like, it's, it's exciting to see these guys come and see them develop and play good. Like, it's different. Cider Raymond. Well, there's more of these guys coming, right? There's more. So it's exciting, and we're all eager for it to happen faster. But at the same time, we've got to be patient. And I know one thing. Uh, I don't know if there's a better fan base in the Wings. I go to all these games, and each and every game, it's, the, the rink is filled. They're fired up. Right. They want to see good hockey. And, and the Wings, for the most part, have been real entertaining at home this year. Even the 10-7 loss to Toronto, which was a goalie nightmare, was a fun game to watch. So, yeah, right. we lost. But at the same time, they're competing. They're battling. Like, I think that's what Steve Eisman wants to see down the stretch, that never give up, that just competing, coming back from a tough loss. And I think th- they're going to show that. So, I, I think it's – I'm excited. I mean, Boquist, that big 6-9, like, come on. The guy's got to go on his knee to take a one-timer. I mean, so I don't know how long it's going to take him, but there's Everts and there's all these guys coming, and there's more with that. I mean, we mentioned them the most, but there's some other guys are going to come out too, Art. So this is uh, it, it's fun to watch, and it's exciting because you're thinking to yourself, well, geez, when is all this going to come together? And when it does, it's going to be really good. Well, yeah, and you know, I know we keep we keep talking about Simon Edmondson or, or going back to to him, but you know, I, I am under the impression that he is going to be given every opportunity to be a Red Wing next year, and. You should almost be shocked if he isn't on the roster come yeah. opening day than if he's uh, uh, than if he is on the roster. I mean, are you hearing the same things about him? Well, he was a top prospect in Sweden, arguably. You'll right. hear that from a lot of people. Um, you watch him play; great skater, big. Um, NHL is different, but I mean, whether now we're all going to say, well, can he be like cider? Right. So now there's a whole different thing out there, right. but um, another real good player. Um, the wings have a lot of these guys. I mean, and, and I like their approach to the draft where they're going to do what's best for them. A lot of times you look at central scouting and the ledger and they kind of stick by it. And I, I think of this as my biggest example for people out there is Neil Yakupov. Did I say that right? Art? Right. Was yeah. the ranked number one pick that year from Sarnia stick. And there was a guy who played in the CHL All-Star game, played for the European team, Veseleski, okay? Right. Who was the best generational goalie to come out in 10 years. What if Edmonton doesn't follow the central scouting and takes Veseleski instead of, which they needed a goalie at the time, instead right. of Yakupov, who they already had a ton of centers who they had drafted years previous with their number overall pick. So it's little things. So you talk about what's important. The draft is so important. If Vasilevsky's in Edmonton, that changes the whole trajectory of that organization, doesn't it? You have McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nurse, Vasilevsky. Are they making the playoffs every year? I would think so. Right. Oh, so yeah. it's little things. So the importance, and Chris Draper is all in. He's like Chuck Norris. He never gives up on a fight. 
He's all in. <laughs> so I trust what he's doing and what they're doing with the draft. And I love what Steve Eisenman did. Well, the number six, or is that when Sider was drafted? They got to take this guy. Yeah, they got to do this. Overall, all right. I'll tell you, take Sider is like, well, who's he? I don't know who that is. But that's Steve Eisenman knows you have to build from the defense. If you look at Tampa Bay, right? Shurgachev, Hedman. They, uh, McDonough, who they signed as a free, but they have the defense there and everything else goes around it. Now they have the goal. We have to see where Nadelkovich goes. And I don't want to go back and put so much pressure on him, but I name all these prospects. I name these players, but in the end, you got to have that position solidified in the net between those red pipes. Then everything else works. And all right. And my final question, and I know you touched upon it on Bally sports after the Islanders game, uh, talked yeah. about it. I know that, uh, uh, before Saturday's game, and uh, th- this podcast should be up on our website uh, uh, be- before Saturday's game. Uh, but but I-, I wanted to ask you, I know you, you and Murph sat down, Larry Murphy sat down with Brendan Shanahan and talked about March 26. And the thing that I've always said, uh, I was there, obviously you were there, uh, Murph was there, Brendan was there, of course. But I, I that was the moment where the Red Wings became the Red Wings, in my mind. Yeah. That was well, the beginning of that championship Stanley Cup run that carried them all the way through well, actually 2009. But yeah. what are your thoughts and memories of that? Yeah, it was, start of some, it, was, it was the start of something that, because at that point, I don't want to say doubts is too strong of a word. Um, never could get over the hump would be a better way of putting it, right? Right. Then that game kind of happened and you got a little bit of swagger. We were more physical. That ha- that had a lot to do with Brendan Shannon coming here, the big Irishman. Right. Um, tougher team. And you think of McCarty, uh, Maltby, Draper, Kosher. Like, tough team. Like, you underrated tough team. You needed that, too. So, um, that kind of was the kickstart to a just a fantastic, fabulous run. Uh, a lot of nights of pulling you out of the post downtown. Uh, <laughs> a lot of nights of calling you a cab, driving you home, taking care of you. Your hair was everywhere, disheveled. Uh, but you kept doing your job in Studio P downtown across the locker room. Yeah. Although not feeling good, uh, feeling a little under the weather, maybe a little bit hungover, we'll say. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I, yeah, I, you, 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 you were along for the run, Art. I, we talked a lot of hockey. Uh, I pulled you out of the cooler a few times to tell you that was enough, and now you're you're in good shape now. Yeah, definitely. So, the cooler yeah, you're in good the shape post. Now. The cooler at the yeah, post. We we but, spent many conversations talking about the, yeah, but, the beer cooler, which had beer from all over the world. By the way, it was yeah, a great but, place. It was great. But now you you know you look back on those days, and at the time you get done, you're like ah, but you, you take it for granted a little bit. Those are great days, fantastic, um, a lot of fun, um, great games, some heartbreaking games, but uh, outstanding. I love when Shani talks because it'll be, it's really interesting to hear different guys from their perspective. Right. Right. That's uh, everybody has a different take on it. And, and it's true. It's, it's a lot different from Shanahan's eyes to McCarty's eyes to Draper's to everybody that was involved in that. So uh, I read an article today about the referee that did it, uh, where he kept McCarty in the game and Brian Burke called the next day and said, what should he have done? Called more penalties. He says, and he says, yep. And he goes, okay, that's all I wanted to hear. So, I mean, not <laughs> reprimanded, but just to let, let him know that, you know, he probably could have gave some more penalties, but he didn't because he thought that Claude Lemieux had it coming. So a lot of different ways of looking at it and perspectives and uh, just great stuff. And, and Shani did a great job and a lot of different 
topics we hit on in there, including paintball and games we used to play. And it was great. Shani's always a great interview. And yeah. It was oh, yeah. In, in the end, Art, like you think of all the guys you picked up, that might have been the number one at that time. Brandon Shannon changed a lot of things too. Well, right, he really did. I mean, I mean, he 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 got on the plane, Mister Illich's plane, uh, flying to Detroit, and the trade wasn't even done yet. You know, he we, he yeah. was thinking that maybe I could, I might have to turn around. This could fall through. Yeah. And then you, and then I I still remember the night he made his debut, his Red Wing debut. You guys waited till he was dressed and took the ice with him on. You know. Uh, you you held up your uh, pregame skate, so uh, really great memories. It, it was a lot of fun. And uh, Chris, we could go on, and I but I should oh, yeah. end this. I should end this now. But you know, it's always a okay. pleasure having you on. I know sometimes uh, uh, you know our schedules don't align, but I'm glad it did today. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Chris. You've been not only have I admired you as a player, as you know, but you've been a longtime buddy of mine. And uh, yeah. you know, Darren McCarty thinks that somehow we're. Uh, you know, we're related or something. He always says, oh, boy, Ozzy say, you and Ozzy, you and Ozzy. I mean, if I hear it once from Darren, I hear it a thousand times. I saw him downtown. I saw him downtown last night, two Dude. days ago. He's down in the Belfort area where all the little guys are, the 10-year-olds, and he was on the ice with some older guys, I think a charity thing. Uh-huh. He's standing He's standing in the hallway with his bike shorts on. Okay. And he wears under his, He thinks he's still playing. I, you're not playing anymore. You're in the hallway with, like, it just didn't look good. It wasn't the right look. But Mac does wrestle. And he is getting the band back together. There's nothing he hasn't tried. God bless him. One of the one of the nicest. He'll do anything for anybody, Darren McCarty. So you get a chance to see him. It's a treat for right, everybody. Well, yeah, he did, he did tell me Grinder's getting back. So I, I, I he can't told wait. me that too. I can't I can't wait to hear that. Uh, I, used to, I used to introduce those guys. Their last concert of the year. Uh, before hockey season start, was up in Traverse City at training camp. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I would go, and, and I, you know, because I knew, you know, I knew all the guys in that band, and so he was like, uh, you know, and so I would get up there and introduce them for the last time, meaning yeah. the last time until the hockey season's over, because Darren obviously didn't perform much with Grinder as the season went on, but uh, yeah. they were great times. I mean, they, you know, I, I really look at it. I mean, the teams that you uh, you were a part of and that whole. Uh, uh, that that whole thing. I mean, just really iconic pro- Detroit professional sports teams in the history of Detroit professional sports: Tigers, Lions, Red Wings, Pistons. I mean, those the groups that you were part of uh, uh, certainly uh, don't uh, uh, you know they don't hold a candle to anybody. I mean, you guys were at the very very top, and a lot of great memories. And again, Chris, you know, I mean, I think the world of you, as you know, and I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see you not only on Bally's, but we'll see you at the rink. And best of luck to uh, uh, to your coaching endeavors. See you and Max. All right, all right, all right. Thanks. I will see you. Are you going to be there tomorrow? Oh, Saturday? definitely. Yeah, oh, yeah. Be. I'm always on that big screen. You know that. I know you're right behind me, like you always were. I know. Right behind me. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> That's called the coattails effect, Chris. That's called the yeah. <laughs> whatever works works. I love it. Love oh. you down there. You do a great job. Thanks. Okay. All right. See you, Chris. Thank you very much. All right. Bye.